This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we are anxiously awaiting the latest in that modern-day soap opera that is Florida's anti-mask mandate. We are going to win this when we do this together. And of course, the White House has our backs. Governor, follow the Texas governor and move on from this. But the governor has no intention of moving on. He seems to relish a showdown with the administration of Joe Biden. What is the White House focusing on? They're obsessed with forcing states to make kindergartners wear masks all day in school. The latest COVID stats show almost 151,000 cases and 1,486 deaths in the past week. But Ron DeSantis says the worst may be over. Uh, statewide, uh, those have been very stable and, and now starting to go down. And then we also, this week, the cases, uh, it was a, sh a small decline, but it was actually a week-over-week -week decline. The governor opens three more Regeneron centers where people who come down with COVID can be treated before they end up in a hospital. State Senator Kathleen Pasadomo says they were a huge help when she and her husband both caught COVID. I had absolutely no symptoms. I was back on track within a day. It was seamless. It was a terrific experience. They treated us well. The unemployment rate is up again. The state created 68,000 new jobs last month, but the workforce grew by 83,000. The addition of 83,000 people to the labor force last month was the largest single month increase since July of 2020. When an unemployment rate increase happens at the same time that the labor force increases, it is often a signal that people are optimistic about employment opportunities and are choosing to enter the job market. You'll also hear about wedding bells for Matt Gates in Southern California. We'll have your calendar of events, plus the story of a Florida man charged with a felony over a Snickers bar. If only he hadn't pulled out that pocket knife. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, August 23rd. This is National Heroes Day, National Cuban Sandwich Day, and National Sponge Cake Day. On this date in 1305, Scottish patriot William Wallace is executed for treason by King Edward I of England. In 1917, there was a race riot in Houston, Texas. Two blacks, 11 whites were killed. In 1939, Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union signed a non-aggression pact and secretly divided Poland between themselves, setting the stage for World War II. In 1942, the first U.S. aircraft landed on Guadalcanal. They were known as the Cactus Air Force. In 1954 came the first flight of the C-130 Hercules transport aircraft, which is still in use today. And on this date in 2005, Hurricane Katrina formed over the Bahamas, later becoming a Cat 5 hurricane. First, let's start with the numbers. On Friday, the state reported 150,740 new cases of COVID-19, increasing the state's total to more than 3 million. We had an extraordinary number of deaths last week, 1,486. That increased the death toll to 42,252. And Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed says our statewide positivity rate was almost 20%. Floridians, this is an emergency. Florida hospitals are at capacity. Miami-Dade and Broward have been among the leading counties in the nation for new COVID-19 hospitalization emissions, according to HHS. More than 40,000 Floridians have lost their lives. Now, I've had an opportunity to speak to so many of our healthcare workers across the entire state. 
from administrators to doctors to nurses. They're scared, they're at capacity, and they need help. They cannot keep this up. We are seeing hospitals overrun COVID patients. We're seeing ambulances lining up to get into hospitals in Lakeland. We are at an emergency situation and everybody needs to take this seriously. This is also about our children's lives. Thousands of students are quarantined across the entire state. And the governor continues to threaten local officials who are trying to keep our students safe. You know, this is something that is impacting every single family in the state of Florida. Making the really hard decisions of whether or not to put their kids in school if there are not masks required in the classroom. Parents having to make those tough decisions when their kids are quarantined, what to do with them if they have to go back to work making these decisions. The economic impact on these parents of either having to stay home from work or potentially lose their jobs. And what happens when these kids are home from quarantining? There's no virtual learning. So they're sitting at home, losing time with their friends and their teachers and valuable educational experiences. We've got to do better. We've got to do this together. And we've got to do the right thing. And so that's why I'm so proud of Miami-Dade, of Broward, of Palm Beach County, of Hillsborough, of Alachua. Orange County is next. Potentially Sarasota is next. We are going to win this when we do this together. And of course, the White House has our backs. Governor, follow the Texas governor and move on from this. This is something that we've got to work together on to protect our children. But Ron DeSantis has no intention of backing down from his position that parents should have the final say on whether their kids should wear a mask. And he says Joe Biden should stay out of this. What is the White House focusing on? They're obsessed with forcing states to make kindergartners wear masks all day in school. Now, Florida, we say parents can make that decision. Putting a five-year-old in a mask in terms of how they breathe and not seeing the facial expressions, how they learn, all that, there's a lot of problems with that. A lot of parents don't want that. I'm one of them. Um, and so you do that. So that should be a parent's decision. That's what Florida law provides. And yet they want to come in over the top as the federal government and kneecap the parent's ability to make this decision and basically force mass on kindergartners, on first graders, on second graders, even if that's not what the parents want to do. And many of our schools didn't even have this last year. We had, a, we had I mean, we had about 35% of the school districts that never required mass and the outcomes were no different. This is something that's political. This is something that is dri being driven by unions. Uh, and it's something that is very disrespectful, not only for the rights of states to be able to govern their own affairs, but for the rights of parents to be able to make the best decisions for their kids. The governor is correct when he says COVID wasn't a huge problem in schools last year. That was before the Delta variant, which attacks children too. And there's already been a huge increase in pediatric cases. But DeSantis thinks we're getting past the high point of the current wave of COVID cases. But we, we really believe if you look at the COVID-like illnesses, the ED visits uh, statewide, uh, those have been very stable and, and now starting to go down. And then we also this week, the cases, uh, it was a, sh a small decline, but it was actually a week over week decline. Uh, and so 
for the for basically all of July and into August, you know, we were seeing escalating case counts. We're no longer seeing that anymore, and so we do believe. Uh, and then the same with 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 the hospitalizations. Uh, you you had sharp increases, uh, and then you actually have have them starting to fall in places like like Northeast Florida and and Central Florida is really stabilized, and so I think you'll see uh, that continue. Once again, the governor is cherry-picking the numbers. Yes, it's true, there was a decrease in newly reported COVID cases last week, 151,000 versus 150,000. It's still 150,000 new cases. He never mentioned the deaths, 1,486 fatalities last week. That's an average of 212 per day. Governor DeSantis presided over the opening of three new treatment centers where you can get a dose of Regeneron. If it's administered shortly after you're infected with COVID, there's about a 70% chance it'll keep you out of the hospital. Senator Kathleen Pasadomo, who is next in line to be president of the Florida Senate, joined the governor at the opening in Bonita Springs because she was treated with antibodies back in January before she was eligible for the vaccine. In January, my husband contracted COVID, and of course, he gave it to me. We had, been, we had been careful, we got COVID, and we immediately reached out to Naples Community Hospital. Within three days, we both had the monoclonal antibody uh, infusion. I had absolutely no symptoms. I was back on track within a day. It was seamless, it was uh, a terrific experience. They treated us well. And so my message to everybody is it's working, it's worth it. Neither, my husband is immunocompromised. He was fine. I'm a little overweight. I was fine. It is the best thing that we could do. And I, you know, Governor, I am so excited that you are taking this uh, on because there is nothing better. Yes, indeed. Regeneron is wonderful if you're in the early stages of a COVID infection. But you know what works better? That's your cue, Commissioner Freed. Please get the vaccine. We know that it is saving lives and the only way that we're going to keep our economy going. We're already seeing dips last month that was reported by the Retail Federation of less people participating and going out and shopping and going to our stores. This will have a trickle down impact on our economy, on our healthcare system, on our schools, on our everyday ways of life. None of us want to wear these masks anymore. None of us want to not go to concerts and go to theme parks and spend time in big parties for families and weddings. But unfortunately, those who are not being vaccinated are preventing the rest of us from getting on with our normal lives. Talk to people who haven't been vaccinated. Tell your stories if you got sick and you've lost loved ones to share those messages because we've got to do this together. And we got to make sure that we are putting our communities together first. Um, thank you. Our, our health is tied to getting our health and our economy are tied together. So we got to do this together. In other news, Florida's unemployment rate went up last month. However, state officials insist it's a good sign because there was a big jump in the labor market. Translation, people are looking for work. Adrian Johnston is the chief economist at the Department of Economic Opportunity, otherwise known as the State Unemployment Office. Florida's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in July 2021 was 5.1%, a 0.1 percentage point increase from the June 2021 rate. Hendry County had the highest unemployment rate of 7.6%. This was followed by Highlands County, Hardy County, and Putnam County with 6.8% each. 
Monroe County had the state's lowest unemployment rate with 3.1%, followed by St. John's County of three point, with 3.6%, and Okaloosa County with 3.9%. This unemployment rate represented 530,000 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 10,479,000. Florida's July 2021 labor force increased 83,000, or 0.8%, from one month ago. Florida's labor force has grown for nine consecutive months, adding 468,000 people since October 2020. Two-thirds of that growth has occurred in the last four months. The addition of 83,000 people to the labor force last month was the largest single-month increase since July of 2020. When an unemployment rate increase happens at the same time that the labor force increase increases, it is often a signal that people are optimistic about employment opportunities and are choosing to enter the job market. And Johnston says there were almost as many new jobs, more than 68,000 of them. Total non-agricultural employment rose to 8,756,300 jobs in July 2021. This was up 68,100 jobs, or 0.8 percent, from June 2021. All 10 major industry sectors in Florida gained jobs over the month. Leisure and hospitality gained 25,600 jobs over the month, followed by education and health services with 10,000 jobs or 0.8%, and professional and business services at 9,100 jobs or 0.7%. The leisure and hospitality industry has recovered 375,100 jobs in total since April 2020 and has led the state in job gains two months in a row. Between February and April 2020, Florida lost 1,269,200 jobs statewide. As of July 2021, Florida has recovered 953,400 of those jobs, or 75%. Some sectors are recovering more quickly than others. Financial activities has added 33,000 jobs since April 2020 and now has more total employment than before the pandemic. The July 2021 seasonally adjusted local area data showed that 21 of the 24 metro areas in Florida had over the month job gains. The Orlando Kissimmee Samford MSA gained the most jobs with 10,000. A common measure of labor demand is online job advertisements. Although this is an incomplete picture of total labor demand, these data provide a real-time look at how many and which types of jobs employers are trying to fill. For five consecutive months, Florida employers have set new record highs for the number of online job advertisements in the state, peaking at 545,225 in July 2021. Jobs in the healthcare, retail, and food service sectors were among the most commonly advertised occupations over the month. Congratulations going out to North Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who eloped to Southern California over the weekend and married Ginger Lucky on Catalina Island. The couple had previously announced they would wed next year. Of course, Gates is under investigation as part of a probe that led to the arrest and plea deal of his close friend Joel Greenberg, the former Seminole County tax collector. Greenberg pleaded guilty last May to six federal crimes, including sex trafficking of a child, identity theft, stalking, wire fraud, conspiracy to bribe a public official. But Greenberg's cooperation could play a role in an ongoing investigation into Gates's supposed relationship with a 17-year-old girl. The congressman, of course, insists he did nothing wrong. Your calendar of events starts with a meeting of the state's Blue-Green Algae Task Force. 8.30, it's online. At 9.30, Leon County Circuit Judge John Cooper will start what is expected to be a three-day online hearing in a lawsuit challenging moves by the governor and his administration to prevent school districts from requiring students to wear masks during the pandemic.
The Visit Florida Executive Committee meets online at 2, and the Polk State College Board of Trustees meets at 4 in Winter Haven. Finally today, a Florida man threatened a convenience store clerk with a pocket knife to steal a Snickers. Deputies say 49-year-old Eric Minto was asking for free food. When an employee refused, Minto pulled out a knife, pointed it at the employee, and said, don't make me do something stupid for a Snickers bar. The clerk handed him the bar. Minto walked out the door. However, he left the candy bar on the counter. Nonetheless, he's been charged with robbery with a deadly weapon. Minto told deputies he'd been trying to barter the knife in exchange for the Snickers bar. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 